you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I have a visitor all the way from the UK on a boat, and that's Carrie Hoffert-Jones. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me along today. Excellent. So, as usual, we are going to talk management. But before we get into it, uh, there is still people around the world who don't yet know who you are. Would you mind doing a little bit of an introduction? Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Kerry is spelled C-E-R-I. Um, my, my Welsh parentage comes through. Uh, I started out uh, on leaving school with very few qualifications apart from uh, two uh, one in woodwork and the second one in relig religious education, if only I could say it, um, which meant me to believe that perhaps the only career that was going to actually be of any use for me was building pulpits. Uh, as it turned out, that wasn't the case. I ended up farming for 12 years uh, and then I went into the land, the world of estate agency, uh, which is not everybody's favourite uh, job or favourite career. Uh, but it was a great experience. Uh, coming out of that, after, again, about a 12-year period, I ended up running a local radio station in the fine city of Salt, which, of course, has become world-renowned uh, for its visit a few years ago by a pair of gentlemen uh, of a foreign persuasion. Um, I have just exited that, that, that actual business. I exited it about uh, 18 months ago when we sold the business and associated businesses with it uh, to a large organization uh, based in Europe. Uh, I am now cruising around in the UK, uh, actually making podcasts for other clients. And that's where I am to date. That sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic. So, um, yeah, so you, you used to work and, and manage things on a, on a radio. So, um, Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, well, what's it like compared to other work environments you've been at? And yeah. So uh, I would say straight away, it, it was the most fun business ever to be involved in, in the main. Uh, of course, every business has its good days and not so good days. Uh, but I can honestly say every day was fun. Without being funny about it, what I think we were there to do and what we were trying to do for the years that the business was in existence was really to try and change people's lives. That may sound a hugely ambitious challenge, but actually what we always knew were, was that we weren't ever going to be the biggest radio station because we were based in a, in a small city, but we were determined to be the best at what we did. And the team I had around me came up with and formulated themselves an incredible set of standards, values, call them what you will, which we then measured ourselves by, but more importantly, and equally as importantly, we measured our clients uh, and we measured ourselves and our community against. Those real simple, simple values were and are, because I still think you, you can't just live these values when you're in the work mode, you actually need to work these values in your own life, are open, honest, fair, fun, professional, and this is the one that always gets everybody is, 
unconventional. And when you start drilling down into uh, these, these actual values and you start recruiting by those values, you start measuring yourself against those values, all of a sudden things start to move. It, it doesn't happen overnight, but it did lead us to incredibly, uh, it led us to being recognized as the best company to work for in the UK in 2011, 2012, and 2013 by the Sunday Times. And I think that's a pretty good accolade uh, for a group, because we are then part of a group of radio stations, which quite honestly, I had zero expectation of ever being recognized for anything like that, because we were having a lot of fun just delivering great community radio, but also, and equally as importantly, making the money, because we don't get, we didn't get any grants from anywhere. The only way I could pay those 12 mortgages was to actually go and sell and hustle uh, in the area that we super serve. So great fun, uh, really enjoyable. But more importantly, I had a brilliant team working for me because, again, just jumping ahead a bit, but it is about employing the people that make you as a manager look good. And boy, I had some great, great people who made me look very good indeed. Uh, because I, I, and we always say this in management, don't we? I couldn't do it without my team. In this case, there's absolutely no way I could run a radio station without the support of, the, of a great group of people. Yeah, no, that uh, totally, totally makes sense. And I, I think particularly the values, right? I mean, I like the way you say it where, you know, you have to live them because in, in the end of the day, um, it, it's easy to sit down. Like you see companies do it all the time where they sit down and say, okay, yeah, this is our values, this is our mission, and they make up some stuff. But just because you write some stuff on a piece of paper, obviously doesn't mean that it comes into play, right? And it actually becomes reality. And, and I totally agree with you. Like you have to live your values mm. to be able to actually follow through, right? Because mm. otherwise, yep. you know, it's, it's going to be very short-lived, so... Yeah, and it, it becomes management speak and not yeah. actually engaged with the people you want to engage with. And the bottom line from all of that is, and I, I truly believe because we ran every year, we ran a series of questionnaires with our teams. So we could actually, um, you know, it was done anonymously, was that people said, in fact, 90% of all the respondents said they were extraordinarily, extraordinarily proud, proud to work for our organization. That's an amazing accolade. Definitely, definitely. And I think I think that's, I mean, I, I, I kind of look at the world the same way, right? I, I think fundamentally, one of the biggest challenges that the world is facing is, is lack of employment, right? And I think, you know, a lot of the problems that you see around the world today is comes up because people, you know, are unable to sustain themselves somehow. And I think, I think not just small business owners, but but anyone running a business, like every time you're hiring people, you're doing the world a big, big favor. Because yeah. when people have a job, when they have something to wake up to, when they have a purpose in life, you know, that, and in the end of the day, even a, and not the best job in the world is definitely better than not having a job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know like some countries, I'm from Denmark, right? And, and a lot of the time you get paid so much unemployment that, you know, sometimes, sometimes it might not even be worth actually taking a job. But I think in the end of the day, like as a, as a human being, right? If you just sit at home and do nothing, uh, which a lot of unemployed people do, you know, the world does not become a better place. But I yeah. think 
these small businesses creating jobs and really building uh, like I, I, I see it as a small community right like you're, you're building like a family you're building you're building up these things that that sustain people and sustain their lives and, and really pushes um makes a difference in the community it, it does. And you, you're absolutely right there, Matt, that, that, that good people stay longer. They have a pride in their business uh, that then recognises and reflects their own contribution. And let's face it, bottom line is engaged and positive people have more fun at work, um, especially. And I'd like to think this is reflective of our time at the radio station in Salisbury, especially in a radio station like like we were running in which it is absolutely and utterly positively encouraged that fun should be one of the big values that we work with. Who wants to go to work and be miserable? Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. And I'm sure there's, I mean, a, a lot of the time, at least when you listen to the radio, the, the host seems uh, like to be good characters, right? So I'm, I'm sure you're able to get a certain, certain quality of people that, that have good humor and so on. So that, I guess that makes it easy, even easier. It does to agree. And, and I think there's a couple of lessons that came out of my time at, at Spire FM, the, the radio station we're talking about, is that nearly 95% of all the people I employed were all local people who knew the area. They knew how to pronounce different parts of our area because some of the, some of the words, some of the, uh, the names of the, of the villages wasn't or isn't quite as clear as it might be in the written word. Um, but more importantly, I was able to ascertain how well they were received in person in their community. Did they know where the charitable organisations were who needed our support and help? And more importantly, you know, would you want to talk to them down the pub in an evening? Because if they can engage with you down there, they can engage with you on the radio station, engage with you on air. And, you know, these people don't grow on trees. You have to work hard to find them. But in the end, and it, it was a testimony to the people I had working for me, is that they invariably were the best recruiters I ever, ever had. They were doing the recruitment for me without any uh, financial reward. They just wanted uh, like-minded people like them to come and work for us. And that's that's one of my biggest favorites. I mean, when, whenever there's job openings, right? Like start start with your staff. And particularly, the better the staff, the better referrals you generally get, right? Because yeah. great people want to work with great people. Yeah. And you know, if like occasionally somewhere, someplace in the world, I've seen where you know people are recommending friend and family because they really desperately need a job, even though they're not the best in the world, uh, and that's not always great. But but generally, like, yeah, referrals are great because. Often people know a lot more about your business. They learn a lot more about the expectations, right? And yeah, people, I mean, I know it from myself. Like when I was doing a job, when I was working corporate, you know, I wanted to, to work with awesome people, right? And, and I wouldn't refer to someone that I didn't think would be great for the job. Absolutely right. You know, you, you clearly got the hang of this, that people are our most important asset. Uh, we all know that. That's a pretty obvious thing. But it's about sharing then with them the vision. Now, again, the one thing that I found in my previous jobs is that managers seem to like to keep secrets. Uh, they like to keep it close to them. Perhaps they saw it, and I'm only guessing here, uh, I'm not making any, um, any negative to my previous bosses, but maybe there was a sense of power uh, of controlling information. 
in the world I've been inhabiting, it's about a sharing the vision, but actually making sure that I just tell them, I just tell them what's going on. I want to know every week we have a meet and we go around the room and we just make sure that everybody has a chance to say whatever is on their mind. And it's opening the door, not just literally, but metaphorically, and not just metaphorically, but literally, that actually you are trusted. Your words are important. And what you say is trusted, that it is given the response you give or the thoughts you give or what you want to say, that comment, those comments are trusted within your group, within your peer group. And once you start demystifying, once you start getting rid of the secrets, do you know what? It's a much, much more open, friendly and an innovative place because people aren't afraid to share. And people have good intentions, you know, so we need to help them become passionate about their good intentions and support them in it. So we know, and I know, that actually, whilst financial rewards are really important, actually, do you know what's more important? Time. So if people needed time, they needed time to go and study, we'd give them some money, but more importantly, we give them time to go off and improve their knowledge, not just in terms of courses for uh, radio presenters or selling but if somebody wanted to go and do the I don't know the yacht master or the day skipper sailing course we would actually support them in it and give them a grant every year to go and do it and that whole ethos over time percolates down through and people just didn't leave we, we had something like about 85 90 percent retention rate that's unheard of yeah definitely but yeah, you're, you're totally spot on, right? And and it is all about it is all about providing that different experience, right? And it, it is like it's not that difficult, right? Re- reality is like it's not that difficult. But I, I think like a lot of business owners, they 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 tend to have the wrong worries. Like sharing is, I think, is a great example, right? Because re- reality is most business owners know their business way better than their staff. And a lot yeah. of the time they get frustrated because the staff, they feel the staff isn't making great decisions. Now, what I always say is no one comes to work to do a bad job, right? No one wakes up in the morning and says, ha, I want to go do a bad job today. Like I've never met any, right? But what, what does happen is they don't understand. They don't have an overview of the business. They don't have the understanding of how the business operates that you do. Mm-hmm. And the more you actually share with them, the more you actually, the more information you give them, the more likely they are to make better decisions, right? Even when it comes to information about departments that aren't relevant to them and, and even talking with people in different departments, right? Because opening that up enables different growth in your business, right? And it, it, it enables people to come up with suggestions actually taking into account other departments or other areas or other pieces of the business, right? And, and something small like that can make such a big difference right so i, I totally love your your view on the openness and so on. <laughs> you're absolutely right but but it comes with where are you and i think that's the question that we often asked ourselves is where are we at this moment in time not just in some kind of management speak in some kind of woolly woolly way of doing it but actually drilling down and asking those questions and i referenced it earlier but the sunday times uh grouping organization Uh, gave us an opportunity to ask questions of our teams through an anonymous feedback. And there was about 40 or 50 questions. It was quite an uh, in-depth questionnaire. 
but we knew before we started asking the questions what we were going to do with the results because you and I and I know there's plenty of questionnaires out there that were just asking the question and hope they might get something out of it in the end. For us, it was about what will we do with the information at the end? So we started that with that question first. And then we got the team, some of the teams, we took a representative sample uh, from uh, each of the radio stations and we got them together to form a group. And that group was the group that actually then designed the questionnaire, which was then put out into the, uh, into the, the wider field uh, amongst all the employees. And then we could collate all the information back. That we then took away days, we went off for a whole day off site to look at those results. And don't forget, these are all anonymous. So we could uh, drill down and find out what was working, but more importantly, and equally, or equally as importantly, what wasn't working. So we could actually address those issues. And we use those questionnaires, those answers to those questions in our development, in our training, and to improve what it was that people wanted. So it gave a satisfaction rating, which is always a lovely thing to hear as a manager, but it also gave us loads of ideas as to how the staff would like to be rewarded going forward. And the, the scheme I mentioned earlier came out from the questionnaires we've been asking. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And from your perspective, like, so, so it sounds like you've, you've had a, a great job and, and some great opportunity to work with great people, right? But what, what's been the biggest challenge that you have actually faced? Uh, I think the biggest challenge you face, uh, and we can all relate to this, is you get to a certain size as a group. Uh, so let's say we started Aspire FM and we ended up with 12 other stations in our in our wider group because there's clearly economics of scale uh, when you have multi-sites to come together to have just one, uh, one, if you like, leader that then disseminates down to the individual branches or the individual stations. And I think I think the biggest lesson I learned, having worked under two or three different regimes, is that uh, that keep the control local. Don't yeah. let that control be uh, disseminated to let it water down because the power is moving up. So the power moves up to a CEO, or the power moves up to an inverted commas head office, and all of a sudden the managing directors or the managers and the staff all then start to feel disenfranchised, all start to feel they're actually, their uh, comments, their words, their contribution is less effective and is less noticed. And I think that's probably the one thing, and speaking, you know, that's how I felt when we ended up as part of a group, was where do I now fit into this? So I think yeah. as a business grows, we had a five-year, we had a 10-year plan, we, you know, we were looking at an exit eventually, was we're on this journey together, how can we ensure that everybody joins us and stays with it? And for me, it's also the other lesson I learned was about uh, giving people a chance to own the business. Share ownership these days has never been so easy. Uh, don't be scared of offering your employees a chance to actually be mini owners in whatever scheme you can come up with. There's plenty of schemes available, but a simple share say scheme, a simple share ownership scheme, a simple way of them actually feeling that not only are they paid employees, but a bit like Waitrose at uh, John Lewis Partnership, that they're actually part of the ownership of the business. I, I think that's a pretty powerful way of keeping everybody working in the right direction to get the ultimate goal, which is to deliver the profit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
What was the most um, sort of difficult period you had at the radio, and what 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 did you do to sort of get through that? Good question. Well, the 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 biggest one was, as I've almost referenced, there is about um, a group coming in and really not understanding. It, it wasn't the recent group; it was one many many years ago, not long after I'd started there. And they really didn't understand who we were or how we did it, and they found themselves trying desperately to get the best out of us without really understanding us um, and and so for me it was about you know people aren't committed to something don't start it and I was trying to get that back up the line that if you're not committed to actually giving us a chance to show you what we can do and we're already a very successful business unless you've got something to contribute to it don't start something you're not going to see through you're not serious about making a difference don't start it but that was a real challenge and in the end actually the business went in the wrong direction and luckily uh, we were able to see a buyout coming through and eventually we ended up being owned by a different group which uh, was a transformation uh, in terms of the way we operated um, so that was a pretty tough lesson and the other lesson i learned uh, was uh, hire slowly fire quickly uh, it's an old adage, perhaps, but it's one that I learnt a few years into the management uh, management world, uh, is that I'd, I'd gone a bit quick sometimes to hire. Yeah. That's, when uh... I should have taken a bit more time. And in the end, we would get... <laughs> it's an old adage, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in the end, we were getting people uh, coming in for a day or even two days. Uh, so we could assess who they really were and how they really worked uh, before yeah. actually employing them. So that, that was actually one thing that I've, I've done in, in some of the roles that I've been in, where particularly when we're hiring a lot of the same skilled people uh, for, for very similar jobs, right? So what we would often do is basically get people to come in and spend a day or two with the team. And then we would actually go and ask the team, like, what's your view on yeah. this person? Right, because yeah. again, great people want to work with great people, and if you let people mingle around, like even you, you know, you both to like, do they fit in socially? Are they, you know, are they comfortable with the people around them, and so on and so forth? And you actually, like, we found you one, you the team loves having that ownership and responsibility, right? And what I found, like, sometimes people are like, oh, well, you know, they just say yes or no, or they just want colleagues or whatever. Uh, but but I found that uh, generally when I've done it, the teams have taken it super serious, right? Yeah. And and I, I I think it's a great exercise. As I said, like I found it most useful when you have people doing the same role. So I've run like a bunch of customer service teams, for example, and some some various admin teams. And when when is people doing the same roles? It's quite easy for uh, sometimes even better for the 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 other employees to assess them, right? Now, obviously, if you're hiring someone in for a role that the rest of the team doesn't know and understand much about, then it might be more difficult. But but even the people aspect and you know, do they fit into the company mm. is still is still a valid thing to look at, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, the the fit is really important, isn't it? Um, and you know, we often employ in our own likeness, uh, and I mean that metaphorically. Uh, but we do we we employ people. Uh, for a variety of reasons, I think, I don't know if you agree with this, I hope you will, that actually, you know what, you can teach skills if they've got the right attitude, if they've got the common sense, the enthusiasm, uh, just that attitude, 
you can teach the other stuff. The other stuff yeah. is fine as long as you've got a good building block to build it on. 100%. Uh, what, what I would say, so, so uh, I, I studied people and personalities a lot, right? And uh, the one thing I found is the reason why people hire people like themselves is primarily because they communicate in a similar manner. And uh, particularly in business, communication is everything. Right. Um, and that's right. The, the reason why so many people hire people like themselves is just because they find them much better to communicate with. And yeah. uh, while that is true, the difficulty is if you build up a team full of use, you basically uh, duplicate your weaknesses. And yeah, yeah it's true. That's, it's true. <laughs> that's, that's another lesson that, that is good to learn. Now, I, it, it is. I, I overlearned it uh, when I started my first couple of businesses. I, I was so keen on not hiring people like me that I ended up having no one that could do the stuff I was good at. So I ended up doing it way too long myself, which was definitely not a good move. Um, but I was, I was so keen on not hiring people like me, right? Uh, and that was, uh, you can also take that over the edge. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we talk a lot about these days about disruptors. Um, it is about risk taking. Uh, it is sometimes about calling the shots and saying, do you know what? I'm going to give that person a go because they they, they could complement what I've already got. But I think uh, sometimes, uh, like I said earlier, you know, uh, hire slowly, fire quickly. Don't be afraid to realise that you've actually made a mistake. Don't don't beat yourself up uh, that actually it isn't working. So deal with it quickly. Often I find and have found many many times in all walks of life that actually. You never actually tell anybody something they don't already know when it comes to man management. A number of times I've sat there with somebody and gone, so um, do you really think this is working for you? And invariably yeah. I go, no, it isn't actually. In any case, well, look, we've tried. Is there anything more we could do? We'll do an interview and we'll learn the lesson and move on. And we'll always look after people. We've given yeah. them the chance. We've, we've taken them away from a, a job they were perhaps already in. Um, so we'll look after them but we have to recognize that it just isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is one of the big challenges I see though. So quite frequently, I particularly when I'm, I'm doing coaching with, with big organizations, what I, what I tend to see is that, you know, managers are, I, I don't know if they're afraid, but they're hesitant to give feedback. And yeah. very, very often what, what I like doing is particularly when you know i'm dealing with a manager that's like you know i have a bad performer and he or she haven't been performing for a while etc i i like actually talking with that employee and the first question mm. i ask them is you know how's your performance how's it going and the amount of employees that have never clearly been told your performance is not acceptable yeah. is extremely high and that's really sad because what what happens is the managers often sit around and look at stats and numbers and the, the challenge is that they expect that when when an employee see the stats they have the same idea that the manager have which is oh this person is not performing right but that's not how people work the, the way they work is oh well you know the manager said i can do a bit better but generally happy with what i do so unless the manager actually, or the boss actually tells me you know shit's on fire uh you know I, I don't i don't think it's it's that close right so and that's i see that happening consistently again and again unfortunately and and what i say consistently to people is if if you're having to fire someone and it comes unexpected to them you have not done a good job as a manager absolutely absolutely you know where where is that level of trust and and 
keep, you know, I said this before, and I think it's probably one of my core messages is about keeping your team informed, is that we share with our teams every single month exactly where we are profit and loss wise. Good news and bad news, you know, not every month were we dropping, you know, what we wanted in terms of bottom line profit. A lot of the time we were, uh, but keeping them informed was critical and trusting them with that information was absolutely core of my business. And again, better informed people, they're better engaged people. And they make better decisions. And they make much better decisions, absolutely. So uh, the other thing I would say from all of that is that we also really encouraged our teams to give something back into their community. So uh, nearly every single one of my staff at, at various different times were, were school governors, were trustees of charities, um, took part in uh, charity runs and, and events. Um, uh, we, we went out of our way, uh, they went out of their way to make sure that they gave something back to their community that, that gave something to us. Or even if they didn't give something to us, we wanted to give something back to our community. And that engagement was critical, I think, to our success, where for 20, whatever it was, 26, 27 years, the radio station was running. It made a profit every single month, every single year, and often quite substantial profits. And that didn't happen by just, um, uh, you know, clever, clever bookwork. It, it was created by these people going out there and communicating and connecting uh, with their community. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic, Kerry. I love it. And lots, All right. lots of interesting stories. Lots of interesting stories. <laughs> it's all for hours. Uh, but, uh, and if you want me back again at any time, uh, I'd be happy to, to join you again because I've really enjoyed today. Excellent. If the listeners are keen to get hold of you or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You'll find me. Uh, so C-E-R-I, Kerry, Herford, Jones, uh, I'm on LinkedIn and you can connect to me through there. Perfect. Thank you very much for joining me today, Gary. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.